Bam, we're live. I'm 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 reading this article this morning about uh it's funny. It says cultural differences between host country cater and Western visitors have resulted in a series of issues. Two days before the opening match, they're talking about World Cup soccer. Officials announced there would be no alcohol sales in any venues associated with the tournament. The move came as a surprise to Anheuser-Busch, who paid $75 million to be the beer supplier for the games. Then there's also this One Love armband, this rainbow armband. Good morning, everyone. There's this one love armband that uh, I guess uh, seven of the European teams wanted to wear. And the uh, FIFA is saying you can't wear that. You have to stick with the official uniform. And it's, it's fucking crazy that they want to wear this armband. I, I, I have an inbox full of people who are gay, who cannot stand the LGBTQI plus a thing. They don't want to be affiliated with that shit at all. They, they, they want to go back to the LGBTQI. They don't, they don't want to be associated with the uh, with the support of mental illness. I mean, I mean if, if we just want to be just completely honest. And it's crazy that they're pushing this as a uh, – they're calling it one love, but it has nothing to do with one love. They're asking these soccer players. There's these European countries that want the soccer teams to wear an armband that supports a kind of uh, sexual uh, intimacy. Same genitalia intimacy. It's fucking nuts. Like, how, how about how about this? The soccer game not have any uh, opinion at all on uh, sex. But what's even crazier is is you you. I think you would be hard pressed to find a lesbian who's uh, for uh, the support of men in women's sports. I mean, show me one. Absolutely nuts. And, and it's it's so funny how they're complaining. Shame on those who did not allow armbands, one love armbands, to support the LGBTQI. <laughs> I'm pr- I'm proud to wear that armband. I, I need to get some of these uh, lesbians and, and gay dudes on the show to talk about this. They want nothing to do with this shit. And then what's so funny is all of a sudden these teams they're they're bowing down to FIFA and they're like okay we won't wear them. Oh you you really stand strong with your opinions, huh? You really care. The whole thing gets painted as as uh, Qatar is somehow the bad guy or FIFA is somehow the bad guy. Okay, the compromise is that they can wear an armband that says no discrimination. Okay, I don't know why you have to do that, but okay, fine. The no discrimination armband, fine. But, but why, why does a soccer game have to be supporting, uh, it, it, in colluding and um, uh, being a codependent to people with mental illness? It's fucking insanity. Hi, good morning, Luke. Good morning, good morning. What's up, brother? I'm just looking at the news. Nice. I'm just drinking caffeine. Yeah, caffeine. I'll do some of that too. Hey, dude. I, I, I'm also I'm looking at this article right now. Yeah. They had a protest at the world's largest iPhone factory in China. <laughs> About what? Line in here that just was tripping me out. It says hundreds of workers were seen storming out of their dormitories from iPhone City. 
So they have 200,000 employees at one factory, and I guess they have dormitories there, and it's called iPhone City. Oh, my God. That sounds wild. That's like Google's headquarters on roids. Can you imagine living at the iPhone factory? iPhone City? Yeah, that's wild. <clears throat> hey, it's not It's not even, um, it's not even uh, cons- gay conservatives. Just gay people in general don't want to be lumped up. Like, women don't want dudes in their – lesbians don't want dudes in their sports. No, no one wants dudes in, in sports unless yeah. it's dude sports. We'll it's, not, it's not cool. It's abusive, I think. I agree. But that being said, I wish that would come to the CrossFit games and CrossFit would have to deal with that. And I'd love yeah. to see I'd love to see transition Matt Fraser in the go against Tia. I would I would the, the ratings would be off the chart. We were actually just talking about this the other day in the gym. Um I have to bring it up just because you're you brought that up. Uh please, please blame me. I can't believe <laughs> Sevon, you're making me say this. Put your arm behind your back. Put the blame on you already. Uh, Angelo put this on the whiteboard. It's it pretty interesting. Um, so first, without giving any background information, he puts a bunch of stats on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll he'll have to tell you the details. But long story short, the stats are like someone they're the same age, and then it's one person that has zero fighting. Let's just say UFC fighting, um, zero fighting experience, but they're an athlete. They do CrossFit. They're fit, and the other person has a ton of experience. And then it's like. Well, the one that doesn't have a whole lot of experience is taller and weighs more, about 20 to 30 pounds on them, um, four to five inch um, longer reach as far as height goes. Which one wins? For sure, the one that has experience, right? The UFC fighter? Yeah, I would think. Well, what if what if the UFC fighter is a female? Yeah. This I mean, we don't have to get into it too much, but we're oh, we can if you want to. We can. We're gonna uproar in the gym about it. It was hilarious. We we can. And then at the end of it, we're all like, "All right, well, we need to start DMing some uh, some female UFC fighters and get a fight on YouTube." Oh, that would be awesome, Angelo versus some. I I saw a stat the other day that um, it was like five hundred of the fastest high school sprinters um, can beat. Male sprinters can beat the woman's world record in the 400 meter. High school boys, yeah, can beat the woman, the fastest woman in the world in the 400. Like four or five hundred of them. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I and mean, do you know what women can do? All women, one thousand percent of women, a hundred uh, can um, have babies better than dudes. Amen to that. All, all of them. You can't do it. They're, they're just tough. all of them, and they can all, and they can all breastfeed the babies. And they can have an attachment to their boys and their daughters that us husbands will never have. Well said. Yeah. My kids tell me all the time, well, you know, we love mom more. I'm like, good. You should and go eat your food. Fucking crack you. <laughs> hey man, I, I gotta, I gotta applaud you real quick. I, uh, hadn't talked to you in a while, but, um, I watched a little bit of those Zalos games. Oh, and- Man, you guys did a really good job. I thought it was, I thought it was really professional. Um, not just how it was run, but it was really neat. I don't think I've ever seen that before. As far as um, the broadcast goes, having you guys it was almost like you know you guys were on like an open conversation. As far as like almost a podcast, but it was live. You guys were talking about it right then and there, live. Multiple different people and opinions, and 
highly decorated cross your career opinions, coaches, um, just people who are fans of the sport. It was it was good. Thanks, dude. That means a lot to me. I I I, yeah. I saw it as a milestone. And 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 not only in the sport but in technology. If we would have had better bandwidth, so you could see the picture better, and it, you know, a few thousand more dollars for microphones, it would have been absolutely nuts. It would have. I'm 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 so excited um, to try it again. It was it was it was really cool. And and basically, you could go into the judges. I mean, that guy Jared gave us full access, so you could listen to the judges. You could listen to the challenges. You could go to the yeah. warm up area. It was just completely open. Yeah. Yeah, and Jared's I think the athletes benefit, don't you? Like it, it, the athletes benefit. Yeah. I mean, for sure. More, I mean, for sure. Right. More eyeballs, more people watching, uh, more exposure. And it's better, like you said, for the athlete, as far as actually being able to see the athlete. And it's something that we joke around about, like, for example, um, the CrossFit games. Right. And I'm not hating on their broadcast but I'm also going to hate on their broadcast. So sure, sure. Here. I do it all the time. Go you ahead. You know, like, obviously, Rich, you know, and his team, the fans want to see that, right? Yeah. But there's some events where someone will be in second place, and you don't even get to see him the entire time until the end, until the, the sprint finish to the finish line, because um, they'll highlight other teams and stuff. And, again, like, to pull away from that, going back to Zalos, it was neat how like even the people what whether it was pacing strategies or maybe they weren't as fit even the people that weren't hanging on to that top time in their heat i still got to see them um where their maybe faults were in pacing or maybe um just how they attacked the workout you know so the, i thought that was pretty cool and the angle still showed the winner in the back that's what i liked you could still see the guy in the back it's like hey it's totally doable yeah they really i did you watch rogue uh a little bit i didn't watch as much as i would have liked there was this one event where th they started with a rope climb it was one rope climb yeah, yeah i watched that event okay and then so every time they said start they had a drone in the air that was shooting the rig from the side yeah so by the time the drone came around to show the front of the rig they were all off the rope climb so for eight eight or heats or 10 heats or whatever that one ended up being um you never got to see the rope climb maybe like once or twice. Yeah. It was like, dude, what, who the fuck is, is, is the person calling the camera? I mean, it's cool. Cause it's a drone shot. Yeah. Like, they're going to go above and beyond the shot, but yeah. Missing it. Missing the mark. Um, I did notice that a little bit rogue. There was a few times there's a few lanes because of my, my friends, right? People I want to see how they do or people that I think will probably win. And there's a few times they kind of lacked a few angles or didn't get a lane or two to like the last few inches of the sprint finish, you know? Um, I don't know if it was last year's games but, or the one before, but I think it was two games ago. There was an event where it was a, like a seven and a half minute event and Scott Panchik and Travis Mayer were within one second of each other the entire time and they never showed it until the last three seconds. And I was like, this is a sport and a competition. We have to see them neck and yeah. like that would have been just seven minutes of tension for us, right? Yeah. Medeiros and Scott. Yeah. The old legend and the new fucking bad or uh, uh, Mayor and Scott, two, two legends just tearing it up. Yeah, that's that's rough. You think that's mean calling them legends like I'm saying they're washed up? <laughs> no, it's not mean at all. They would appreciate that. No, it's funny. I actually grew up my first year of CrossFit, um, like before I moved to Cookville in 
joined the mayhem empire, right? Like I was at training think tank and Travis Mayer and like all the coaches at think tank used to joke around about that because Travis was such a stud and they, not day in, day out, excuse me, year in and year out, continuing to show up to the games and put up top scores and f- freaky stats and stuff and be there for such a long time. Like even compete against Rich when he was an individual and like no one knows him because the broadcast just kind of screws him. So they used to always mess with him and kind of poke and prod because it was ridiculous. I mean, honestly, like, and then we this, that, right? Carlson's right. exposure has been rough. I mean, and then this year, what was kind of funny is, is that he was winning the capital event for the entire, like, you know, first half. And so he got, he got like seven minutes of running. <laughs> you know what I mean? The yeah. camera was just on Travis. It was dope. That was cool. <laughs> and people were complaining. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, this is good. This is payback. Yeah. Hey, what happened to that door back there? So it's actually a sliding closet door. And I was moving some stuff around in my closet. And when I was yanking on it, the little like, I guess you can see this like. It came off the track? The metal, Yeah, the metal thing kind of got twisted up. So I tried putting it back on the track and it wouldn't do it. So I'm just kind of leaning up against the wall. And now it's like a nice little decorative piece. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so I fix it. You you started over there at um at training think tank and you walked yeah. in the office one day and there was Travis yep. Mayer and you said I want to be as good as you when I'm your age. One hundred percent. That was that's my day one story. Well, like probably two months in the CrossFit, I was I had a local box and then all the guys were like, dude, the baddest dude in the southeast where we live is Travis Mayer. You gotta visit think tank. That's where all the the competitive dudes throw down. And then yeah, I walked in. I'm like, hey man, uh, how do I be like you? help me out here <laughs> was he receptive yeah he was cool i'm sure he was laughing like well got another one of these in the building and then he like looks over and was like there's max el hodge uh there's the competitive side you need to go talk to them it was pretty cool though it was a neat experience i was with my brother and we were like kind of amazed because we didn't know what to expect and we walked down this hallway and we see a shrine and all of his like different medals and stuff like granite games gold and like all these different medals and jerseys and we're just like dang i feel like we're in like rich's compound or something like this is this is really neat but it was cool he was always a big brother to me and tucked me under his wing for that solid is is he guarded is travis guarded uh touch more on that like what do you mean um i get this impression from the times i've talked to him that he's guarded, meaning um, he has a very – he's compartmentalized his life. There's Travis, the yeah. family man who's at home, and there is uh, tr- Travis, the athlete, and he keeps them separate. It, as opposed to maybe rich, it's just just like you show up there at the at the house and it's just just a pile of rich. Yeah. Like, would- like, you, see, like you see the chaos just w- wide open. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to – put language to it and describe it. Um, I think there's definitely like anybody, even myself, right? I mean, once you get to know me truly on a deeper level, like you, you might be able to get to know a different side of me or I might allow you into different parts of my life. I definitely think there's part of that too, right? Like, did you ever go to Travis's house for dinner? No, but I mean, you've been to Rich's house for dinner. Yeah. Maybe you've even gone over there and just opened the cabinet and helped yourself to something. <laughs> a few times, maybe. But uh, yeah, I mean, Travis was, uh, yeah, I guess 
you put it in a good way as far as um, having like all right, my family life and then I'm going to work, I'm clocking in. But Travis is still really cool about growing out, especially like on like trips, whether we're like out traveling and we're all staying in a hotel and going out to eat together. I remember uh, like the, uh, the at Think Tank, they had a big thing, like their games prep camp. And sometimes we just all pile in a car and go eat somewhere. And But it was, yeah, I think you have to get to know him for those like walls to break down. But Travis is such a good dude. Um, yeah, I think he definitely does what you said as far as <clears throat> it's a different almost like I'm clocking the work and that's CrossFit for me. And then, okay, I'm going back home to my family kind of thing. I like clocking in. It's, um, dang. Dude, he's strong. He is strong, right? I think people overlook his strength because he's been strong for a long time and he just keeps slowly getting stronger. I, um, it's, it's interesting. Let's say, let's say me and you, uh, oh, and he's got a, he's got a house cleaner, definitely underage house cleaner. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's interesting when you have kids. So like if, if me and five of my friends went out and I didn't have kids and we were, let's say just some, like at some outdoor sandwich shop, drinking beers, I would be fully present there. Yeah. But, but when you have four kids at home or three kids at home, whatever he's got or five or 12, whatever Travis is doing these days, you can't, a part of you has to be mindful. You know what I mean? Like, am I going to, how many beers should I drink? Should I bring half this sandwich back home to my family? My kid yeah. has a game at, at four. I can't, you know what I mean? It got, you, it's kind of weird. You can't be, um, you're yeah, not you all in. Well, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't just think about yourself. Like you're saying, right. You got to pick family first as far as your thoughts and stuff. I think, I think at the end of the day, Rich is just different. Like he's more of a social person. He loves thriving about around being with family, close family and friends, you know? Like I, I kind of, I'm somewhere in the, in the middle. Like we, you brought up Travis Mary as an example. So like, I think he might be more someone that's like, um, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like Travis can be social and he'll go, whether it's a friend, I mean, Thanksgiving small, right? Let's use Friendsgiving as an example. I've seen him go to different Friendsgivings and do different things. But when it comes to the majority of his time, he'd rather be at home alone with his family. I'm like that too, but I'm somewhere in the middle. I kind of like being social, but not all the time. I feel like Rich is more of a guy that thrives, like love having a ton of family and friends around. And like, it just kind of helps him with his flow. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know, ADD. I'm like, I, I don't, I get distracted if I have too many people around me too, too often. You know, I need some alone time to focus and kind of clear my head or do my thing or get my own things done. You know what I mean? Uh, did Travis, uh, did Travis ask Luke how to get more followers on Instagram? That was a that was a running joke for a long time. Whenever I would see Travis, I we would plug his chain. Hey, twelve thousand, twelve thousand followers. I think he's up over a hundred thousand. Is he up over a hundred thousand? So no, he's not, Souza. How can that be, dude? He's grown a lot. Eight times CrossFit Games athlete in a, in a beautiful man too. There's no. It's not like there's any shortcoming. He doesn't have any shortcomings. He's kind. He's polite. He's outgoing. He's good looking, and he's a, one of the best in the game. Who has more, him or Scott Panchik, Souza? Scott does? Scott uh, how, how, how was it? How was it over there at Training Think Tank? Did you just did you just do a transition from there to Mayhem? Was it just like one day you're there and one day you're at Mayhem? Or did the reality show come in between those? 
I can't remember how much I told you about this transition because I thought I shared this with you on my first podcast, but it's all good. You, I mean, I think you may, you yeah, may have, maybe not. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, well, you did some CrossFit before the reality show, right? Yeah, for a few months, and then I was at Think Tank, first started, and then I go on the show, and then I come back for a little bit of time, and Think Tank was really cool. Travis actually had my back a lot in that time because I was getting a lot of backlash, obviously, right? You're always going to have supporters, and you're always going to have right. haters. Right. And then when, when the platform hey, grows. That's cool, by the haters. way. That kind, that kind of filters out the D-bags from your life. Did you actually lose friends that you like friends from that show? Like when you say friends, you mean people like, yeah, I mean, no, I didn't lose friends because. Ah, I see. Like, I see what you're doing. Yes. They weren't your friends, but did you lose people who you thought you were friends who like, they saw you, you the show and they're like, no, I'm not going to be a friend anymore. No, no. Okay. Think, good. That, make, think, that makes me happy. If there was, there, there was a few that were like, had questions. Like they're skeptical. They're like, huh? Uh, yo, what's up with this and that? But it was cool. Like, I think for the majority, as in like 99% of my friends were like super supportive, uh, without like any questions. So you know that would have broken most people. Absolutely. Like 99 percent of the people would have gone. Has anyone from that show ever killed themselves? Um Will you look that up? Have oh, Susan's nodding yes. Bachelorette or bachelor? See if anyone's ever committed suicide. I think I think the question or the answer would be yes, but I don't know necessarily that it's intentional. Um, it was actually kind of rough. I had a guy on my season that had some rough stuff happen, and then some like outside of the show allegations, and they had to pull him from the season early while that we were filming. Wow. Like, we were talking on the phone and I was trying to keep in touch with him for a while. We were talking actually like thriving. Our conversations were thriving on CrossFit and functional fitness. Cause I had just started CrossFit and I was like doing bodyweight workouts at the mansion with the guys. And it was interesting uh, for a few weeks of us consistently communicating. Um, I texted him a few times and he didn't text me back. And then I got an email saying that he had uh, passed away. Um, I don't know that necessarily that it was intentional. Um, he had a pill problem and ended up going bad, but. Wow. Yeah. The pressure's nuts. Yeah. The pressure's absolutely nuts. Okay. Sorry. So I, I interrupted your story. So you're at train think tank, you do the reality show. And then, um, and then when you're done with that, um, where does your, where do you start doing cross? Let, let's say, the day after you fly home, how soon before you get into a gym and, and where do you go? Uh, as soon as I got home, I started doing CrossFit. Um, I was at Think Tank. Okay, so you went back there. At, yeah, at the time I was kind of like, for a few months I was at a box. Um, it was called CrossFit No Edge. Now it's called like North Forsyth Training and Fitness in Cumming, okay. Georgia. And I would, he, my buddy, I used to help him coach a little bit when I first started because I was trying to learn the sport, didn't know much about it. And I was like, um, kind of bouncing it out of his gym doing think tank programming. And then I would go hang out with Travis up there at the boys and train at think tank. And then, um, when you mean the boys, you're saying Noah also. Yeah. Yeah. Like Noah Chandler and them. And like they actually, 
literally a week after I got home from the show. Maybe, maybe not, maybe a few weeks. Uh, we did the games prep camp and I was hanging out. It was kind of interesting. It was like Lucas Parker with the red beard, the Canadian, oh. like Aunt Haynes from Hong Kong who qualified for the games that year. It was a bunch of different games athletes, but cha- the ones that are the most well-known that are like Travis's friends or Chandler Smith and Noel Olson. Did you bond that with was- Lucas Parker at all? Did you talk to him much? Yeah, he was an interesting character, but we were we got to be pretty tight for sure. He was uh man, he's like a OG for sure. That beard is crazy. For sure. Content is crazy, but it's so funny. Yeah, for sure. He reminds me of the what's the guy, the Liver King guy's content. Oh. He's like a OG Liver King type of content and then yeah. i saw i think i saw him the other day like call out liver king and one of liver king's barbarian workouts oh i would like to see both of them in a um in a shot side by side that would be interesting because i think the liver king is smaller in person than maybe he looks in his pictures you yeah, know what I've, i mean i've heard he's uh yeah a little shorter than what he looks like yeah, like when I, I think when I saw him standing next to like Logan Paul, like he came up to like Logan's shoulder. I, but I, re- I recognize that Logan Paul's a, a pretty tall dude. Yeah. Okay. So you're over there and you're doing that camp. All all good dudes, right? Chandler, Noah, Travis. Seems like just easy. Easy. Yeah. Such good dudes. Just, yeah. Young, hungry athletes. Except for Travis. You want to be like him when you get older. That's right. <laughs> how 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 old are you? He's the grandpa. He's only a few years older than me. Uh, I think Travis is, what, 30, 31 now maybe? I'm 28. So I'm actually, on the grand scheme of things, I'm older. Um, but I feel really young because I've only been – I played sports, college baseball, and then found CrossFit after like six months of triathlon training for fun with my brother. And then, yeah, I'm only like four full complete years into CrossFit. So my knees and my body feel pretty fresh and new and young because most of my friends who are games athletes have been doing it for anywhere from eight to 12 years. And I feel like their bodies are just tore up. Like even like, I love Angelo. He's, I mean, dude's my best friend, right? So like, I got to mess with him. Um, He's, he jokes around. He's like, I mean, you know, he's got a couple of gold medals as a teenager and just did the games with me on the team. And, like he's now, I, I don't know exactly how many years he's been doing it, but I think it's north of 10. And he's just like, yeah. Uh, he, he always jokes around about retiring soon because of how long he's been doing it. But it's a, it's a real thing. Like it's a lot of not just stress in your body, but mental stress. And I'm already experiencing that as far as um, the day in, day out. And I'm like starting my official fifth year on this season. So yeah, I mean, I still got ways to go. I've heard you talk about how the first six months were just you. They weren't your words, but now that you're saying mental stress, it sounds like the way I heard you describe the first six months that it was an absolutely insane amount of mental stress because there was so much work to do, there was nowhere to hide, and you were kind of like, and you weren't all in yet. You were still like, hey, I'm I'm just taking this thing out for a test ride, and you. And I think I even heard you say every day or every workout you would think, okay, this is my last one, I'm quitting, and then after six months you got over some sort of hump. Is that Similar, accurate? Similarly. So part of me was like, I make the leap, of, the leap of faith to go to Cookville, knowing that 
training there in the barn, I was going to make a decision quickly if this is even worth it in my life. Or do, no right? hard feelings from Think Tank when you did that? No, I was really cool with all of them. Um, it was it was rough on me, though, too. Like, I mean, you're talking about a mentality of a guy who does te- a team with training Think Tank. And I told everybody there, like, I'm never leaving Think Tank. Like, I'm committed to you guys. You can trust me because when you do team instead of individual, there has to be a trust, right? Because there's teams all the time that happen and all of a sudden one person just bails out and they're like, yeah, sorry, work came up or family stuff and I'm not committed. And that's kind of scary, right? When you put your trust in other people's hands as far as like, are they even going to show up? Much less, are they actually training hard and trying to be their fittest version of themselves? But anyway, long story short, I'm like at Think Tank, I confirmed being on their team. I'm like, hyping them up, trying to rally up the troops and training with my team there, telling them like, Hey, I'm going to lead us to like, to qualify for the games as a first team through think tank to qualify for the games. And I want to eventually be an individual athlete, but I want to take the team to the games a few years and get some experience. And then that was when I'm the 2019 games was my first time spectating. I was supporting Travis Chandler and Noah because those were my boys at the time being at Think Tank. And then that was when I met Rich, met the CFO, Brian. And that goes in my story that, you know, met Hillary and all them and met some Mayhem people. And then that was when I went to visit for nonprofit Mayhem Mission stuff and got to connect on the whole, all the things, right? Faith, family, fitness, service, all that. And then, yeah, I got kind of like a unofficial official invite. And then I was just kind of like, hold up, this is for real. Let me know. I'll pack my bags tonight. And then I packed a U-Haul literally that night and launched my way up to Cookville. And I've been there ever since. But it was cool. I I got to pull all of the coaches and Travis in the offices at Think Tank. And they were all very supportive. Like, hey, like you need to do what's best for you. Like we've we've appreciated having you. So that was long-winded, but I didn't burn any bridges. I had good relationships with all of them. If I see them at events, I give them all a hug. Travis especially and all the other coaches and stuff there at Think Tank. And, and then and then you show up at Mayhem, and then those six next six months, you know, yeah. even it's when not, you go there, four months. Four it's months. about four months of like, I wanted to quit every day. I'm I'm so much pain. My body, I'm literally like served served up the most humble pie. Like that happens maybe a handful of times, of, eh, once or twice a month. Now, every day, every session for four months like and your body sort of the touch everywhere oh my gosh like i don't know how i survived and then i made up my mind after about four like you said four to six months that was when i was like okay i'm all in and i can tell anybody i know that i'm all in then i'm gonna make this thing happen because like i said like when i moved there i was kind of on the fence of like i'm i am all in but like now I know very clearly meeting the world's fittest man and like learning what it's like to be him or be as close as I can to him. Uh, I'll know within four to six months if, if I, if I should just hang it up and maybe cross it's not for me, but is there anyone who trains with you guys who doesn't have those? Do you have to have those goals? Are there any just casual um, ridiculously fit people who train with you? Or do you have to go to be in that group? Do you have to, is that part of the recipe for success that every person there has to be all in with the goal of winning the games? I don't games? think by any means there's never a mentality you have to have in Cookville. And it's like the faith piece, right? Like 
the foundation of mayhem and what rich has established here is, has been rooted in faith and like that's not a must have here a ton of people move here and they don't like know god or have a relationship with him and it's the same thing with a champion mindset right like you don't have to have a champion mindset of i don't care about anything but winning kind of thing but it's kind of interesting that some of these qualities we're talking about in mentality and mindsets the people that come here and thrive here and want to stay here are the ones that are trying to be the best and they're hungry for that it's just interesting because you asked uh, the question it's, what, when mean, you say what well, if faith it means that um um when you uh you know that when you die um you go to heaven is that what faith means what's faith mean i think for for us here it's for sure what you just explained but it's a little deeper than that it's like it's a personal relationship with god so, so not only you know, not only you know when you when the body ceases to exist that you go to heaven, but right. second to second, moment to moment, you're with, yeah, the cre- you're under the watch of the of of the boss upstairs, the creator, right? Like talking to him all the time, hanging out with him, he's what gets you through. He's your source of strength, and like you said, when it's all said and done, you ever yeah. talking to God and you realize you're talking to yourself, and not God. By that I mean. Your ego interfered. If you mean by by that, for sure. Like, <laughs> I mess with myself all the time. Like, I joke around in prayers all the time. Like, sorry, God, I got ADD. I don't know why I was just praying to you and talking to you, and all of a sudden I'm, you know, talking about something else that has nothing to do with you and all about me and other things in life that don't matter. For sure, I'm human. Yeah, Lucas. Luke Parker is human. When, when you when you trained with Lucas, um, did they have distinction? Everyone, he was Lucas, and you were Luke. Yeah, I, it was funny because when we were hanging out and training next to side by side, it was like some people call me Lucas, some would call him Luke, and it was just all screwed up. Met Luke when Burns and I dropped into Mayhem about a month ago. Seriously, one of the nicest guys. Caitlin, thank you. He has no clue who you are. Stop lying. Shout Caitlin. out. <laughs> Appreciate the love. Uh, how, how, how is it that someone can drop into Mayhem and see you? Aren't you like sequestered in the barn? No, um, I think since the games, I've actually only been in the barn. Um, well, I can't say a few times. It's been a lot more than a few times. But um, th- we have this new athlete facility. Let me just back up. Okay. Rich. Yeah, t- take your time, by the way. you can. T- yeah, yeah. We have Rich, tons of time. Take your time. Rich does a lot of things I think that people at Mayhem don't even realize. Like, for example, like, obviously Mayhem's very successful. You know, praise God for that. But, like, he does – he puts a lot of that money back in the business, and it's obvious. Um, his care and his uh, his heart, um, even though he won't talk about certain things. But, like, we have, like, a barn 2.0 now, and it's – we call it the athlete facility. And it's literally the size of any extremely nice box, and it's – now, if you go to Mayhem, the Mayhem logo and the kind of famous M where everyone likes to take a picture in front of, right behind that wall is literally a barn 2.0. And it's made for the, the athletes. Um, mainly, so like not just open gym hours, but whenever there's people training in there as far as sharing equipment with the class, the affiliate, because obviously they have their first priority, right? Like they're the, com- they're the community, their first priority, they're what matters most in the gym. So now there's all that equipment kind of duplicated behind the gym so it's almost like a second gym and it'll be for semi-final and games athletes 
Uh, I think Rich is still figuring out kind of like who's supposed to be back there and like when and timeline and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, something as simple as that is just like huge for the community. And I think just a testament of like um, Rich's passion and heart and just like um, selflessness. But as far as like actually reeling back to your question, um, man, it's interesting. Like Rich is still a competitor and he still plans on competing. He's kind of in this like off season, figure it out. Spent a lot of time with family right now. I mean, he just won his 10th and I don't know. He even knows what he's going to do this next season. And a lot of people are trying to figure out what they're doing this next season. And we've just all been training at mayhem, like a big family, like hanging out with class members and stuff between classes and doing like different workouts, like at mayhem. Like we haven't been putting a whole lot of time in the barn um, and putting some time in the athlete facility. So to answer your question, can people can can the when the members are there, um, can they look into that 2.0 barn and watch you guys work out? Yeah, absolutely. They can uh, see in there. Well, there's not like people windows, like you know, but like if people want to walk in there, you know, there's not like an issue. Right. Uh, there is like garage door windows if you go outside the back door. So technically, there is windows, but um. Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, yeah. You brought up people walking in the coffee shop. So, like, how can someone visit Mayhem and run into me? I'm there all the time. Like, people visit all the time, and I run into them all the time, just like Rich does. Like, it's funny. They don't expect it. But, like, people that maybe, like, it happens very frequently that maybe their dream would be to meet Rich, and they walk in, and, like, he's hanging out with his buddies and sipping on coffee in the Buffalo Brew Coffee House, which is, like, the front of CrossFit Mayhem. And they're like – have a picture and then it's super cool because like we're all just super like just chilling being ourselves authentic which is like yeah nice to meet you welcome like there's stores over here like check it out good coffee protein shakes right here um let me know if you have any questions and he's just cutting up with his boys and it's just it's just cool atmosphere um and, and and you go there every day basically seven days a week yeah i mean i do a lot of my work there like I'll go back in the offices. Um, my girlfriend uh, works. Girlfriend at, or wife? Uh, soon to be wife, hopefully. What didn't I thought I saw on your Instagram that you're married? I'm not married. Oh, I, I saw. Put. Did you give her a ring? No. What is this? Oh, okay. Maybe maybe I was wrong, looking at the wrong Luke Parker. Okay. Yeah, this. Oh, that's uh, that's Mayhem Media. Look at that uh, ring. Beautiful wedding ring. And then I saw it. I'm like, oh, shit, he's married. Beautiful wedding. Um, yeah, talking about Scott. And uh, so the Mayhem Media director got married. And that was his wedding. Ah, that, that's okay. Him right there. That's Scott. Okay. Yeah, I didn't pull a lot of details in that caption. I was. Uh, did, did anyone else think you got married besides me? Anyone no. else say congratulations? Well, at least no. didn't message me. But no. Oh, look, Matt Souza liked it. Look at Like by Matt Souza. <laughs> Yeah, it was a, uh, that was a good wedding. So you have a, you have a, you have a, and that's your girlfriend in the picture. Yes. And and how long have you guys been together? Uh, we've met each other right before I moved to Cookville. She she had just moved to Cookville and worked there. So now I've known her for two years. We've been dating for a year. Congratulations, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, she is awesome. She 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 works there at, at in Mayhem at Mayhem. Yes. Oh yeah. shit. That takes a special uh, 
It takes a special, I mean, I worked with my wife for 10 years, but that takes a special relationship. Did you guys work out together ever? Yeah. I mean, different like nonprofit events and stuff we'd mix in together, do like active recovery workouts together. Like she loves to get a pump on, which I love. So like, we'll do like, um, some bodybuilding stuff together. She used to flirt a little bit with competing in that kind of thing, like women's physique back in the day. She's done all sorts of coaching as far as like spin classes, hit classes, and she's just loves fitness. So that runs uh, parallel with me. So, Do they have spin at Mayhem? No, but they got different style classes. I mean, we got spin with the C2 bikes, <laughs> certain Metcons. That's the gym. That's what Mayhem, that's the affiliate. Yeah, it's actually bigger than that because – where the camera is is like on a balcony and then there's a huge left corner that has a, another rig or two and tons of other stuff. Can you imagine cleaning that every night? Someone has to clean that every night. Yeah. We usually have a, a squad that consistently helps it day in and day out with that. God, that's nuts. And that, and wow. Yeah. And you probably don't see it empty that often ever either. Sometimes certain May- mayhem spin. God, I would think mayhem spin could take over that, uh, that soul cycle thing. That would be actually really cool. Tell me about this. I never heard of this guy until, until I, recently. Um, what's his name? Brian Nelson. Tell me about him. He, he's the guy, he's the CFO of, uh, yeah, he's, he's actually the reason I, the main reason I'm here. Um, is he behind the scenes? Is he ever in any photos? Is he ever like? Oh, yeah, he used to be heavily more involved. I mean, he's still heavily involved. He just used to be on site a lot more. I guess is the best way to put it. So when I actually moved here, he was my roommate. He was um, gracious enough to let me live with him. So he and I are like best friends. I love him to death. But yeah, how I met him, I was on a plane back from the 2019 games after I met Rich and Hillary and some of the Mayhem people, and we just started talking. He was in the seat next to you. He was a seat right across from me and we just started talking about like two big guys and, and you guys are in the aisle seat. Yeah. We just started talking about all things, faith, family, fitness, and then talk about rich. And I thought he was just some guy that was like, yeah, I know rich, but little did I know he's been doing like helping rich with his finances for like 10 years and was like boys with him. And then yeah, connected with him. He actually is the one that like started and created mayhem mission with rich. Mayhem Mission is the yearly event. It's a charity. So technically, Mayhem Mission is just the nonprofit. Okay. And we have we have many events and uh, nonprofit organizations we partner with. And yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, Brian just got married this past year. Um, it was actually a really neat story. So I've been on this trip twice. He's been on it like five or six times. But where we go to the Amazon jungle and we go to Aquitos, Peru and connect with other CrossFit gyms there and like right. do like some fitness stuff there. And then we go in the jungle and kind of like evangelize and bring our doctor and supplies and stuff. And when we were there, uh, not this past year, but the year before on my first trip, we met her, his wife's name is Sonia. And we met her at a restaurant where we were taking this gym and some of the people with us and she just like comped our entire meal and we literally brought like 20 people and we were going to pay for them. And she bought all, all of our lunch and was like, gave us her card 
Didn't Peruvian really lady. Talk. Peruvian lady? Peruvian lady, yeah. Her dad owned the restaurant that we're eating at. We didn't know it. And she's like running the restaurant. So we like, uh, she doesn't even really talk to Brian a whole lot. She like gives me her card, me and the translator are talking to her. And what do they speak? Are they, do they speak Spanish or Portuguese in Peru? So I didn't know this either, but just quick education piece. Please. Every single country in South America speaks Spanish. The only country that speaks anything different is Brazil. And they okay. speak Portuguese. Okay. They also speak Spanish there. There, thank you. I'll I didn't know that. that so I went. I'll remember that forever. Yeah, that's that, that's the. I don't know. Someone told me that recently, so that's the easiest way to. So, does he speak Spanish? <laughs> he does now. Como estas? Wow. He speaks that kind of Spanish. He's a good old country boy from Alabama. You know what I'm saying? He's he's learning. He's learning. What a what a trip! And so she courted him, snagged him. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. We get back from the trip. They started connecting about like future man mission stuff. And then she was told him like, Hey, I'm into you. And he was like, Whoa, 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 whoa. I might have to come visit and see what this is about. And then long story short, they just got married last year. So. Oh, what a great story. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. How was the food at a restaurant? So good. You didn't have to come on, be honest. You shit yourself for three days after. No, 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 no. This, this part of Iquitos, like the food's really good. Um, okay. When I was, when I was in the Amazon jungle and I'm like a five hour boat ride deep in the jungle and we show up to a village and they're like, Hey, we killed this animal in the, in the jungle for you guys. And we're going to, we're going to cook it and make a soupy meat dish with water from the Amazon river. That's completely contaminated, but here you go. That is when I crap my pants for, you know, two weeks straight hey they can't boil that whatever's contaminated out oh they boil it but i didn't know this either and we got screwed my first trip in the amazon jungle dude i <laughs> we were like dropping like flies i'm talking the worst squirts ever like having to just go get the toilet and just like bad dude not to get into details but we were boiling water and we didn't know it has to reach boiling point and be boiling for 10 minutes or more to be completely clean and we're put we're like boiling it for like 30 seconds. Tonight. I saw a bubble drink up. Yeah. And we're like putting our little like instant coffee in it and just cranking coffee because you know we wanted caffeine in the jungle. We're trying to, you know, you know, be in the moment and stuff. But yeah, we're we're done after that. It was bad. We did all you, had parasites. Oh, you did? You took some medicine when you got home? Yeah, we took parasite medicine. It's actually kind of funny. Did you ever see any worms? I have your- parasite medicine just sitting over here, actually. It's hilarious. Did you ever but- see any worms in your deuces? No, it, it's not like that, but it'll, I mean, it, it just gives you diarrhea. You got to think, too, like these people, a lot of these people um, in the jungle, not just Peru, right? Like they drink clean water and have access to clean water, but uh, in the jungle, the Amazon River is totally contaminated. So, yeah, I mean, they live off that. They're, they live consuming parasites it's kind of like in africa right when they have dirty water you see these pictures how can these skinny little boys or girls um not have food but they have these like bloated bellies and it's from the parasite parasite i've seen like, so water that's what it is yeah i used to do i used to uh travel all over the world giving vitamin with this company that was the largest distributor of free vitamins in the world and they would give vitamin a everywhere and i saw so many kids with bloated stomachs i saw some crazy parasite shit Parrot, parrot, like flies being born out of people's faces live and just Oof. that's gnarly 
uh, Luke, they, the, the, the plan has always been to go individual, right? Yes, sir. And now it's, it, um, do you feel some apprehension? I mean, the day is, is the day coming? Is this the year? This is the year. You can't be tempted to go on a team? No. No. Unless, I mean, I say this every year, unless Rich was like, hey, man, uh, I want to go one more, which I think he's announced multiple times and made it very clear he's not. So I'm committed. I, I think uh, I thought I was ready last year, but now I know I'm ready this year. And this is what I want to do. So I love team and I'm, I come from playing baseball and team sport guy, but CrossFit's different as far as being an individual. And um, I still feel like I'm a part of a team being a part of mayhem and representing mayhem. And, you know, I'm happy to go do my part and represent them and um, kick some butt as an individual. I'm definitely ready and I'm, I'm excited and fired up. Did you did you just say that you thought maybe you were ready last year? Yeah, I thought I was ready to be an individual last year. And I actually planned on being an individual. And then Rich was actually the one that was like, hey, man, I think you should go team. And I honestly at first was like, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, no, nah, dude, trust me. You need that games experience, like especially if you're going to be close to that cut line. And I was like, all right. And then it took me a while to like – Later than where we're at this time of the year right now, last year, to find out and confirm that I had three other people that would commit to the thing with me. Uh, and so, like you were saying before, there's guys who've been in for 10 years and they could spend time learning everything. Double unders, walking on your hands, swimming, yeah, all the different kinds of running, all the, the technical lifts. The, the pegboards, the ropes, and, and you've had to crash this into how many years? This is your third year of CrossFit, fourth? I've completed four complete years. And to keep it simple, two at Think Tank, and I've just completed two full years now at uh, Mayhem. So I'm starting going to my fifth official season. So walk me through this. Have you signed up for the Open already? <laughs> laughing at these pictures. laughing at you, man. I love you, bro. But no. No. <laughs> I'll probably – most athletes, dude, sign up for the Open probably the – 30 seconds before closing. Like, first workout's announced. So you'll sign up for the Open. I will sign up for the Open probably sometime in January. You'll do or the Open. February, I mean. Yeah. And then the quarterfinals, you do those – those are at home, right? You don't go anywhere for those. Correct. It's – pretty much the open but it's just a little more professional as far as i think was it top five percent make it and you have to have an official judge and an official video i think the open there's a little discrepancy there and then if you make it past the last year would you have made it past the qualifier to the semifinal if i went individual yeah absolutely and so now you're going to have that. This will be your first time ever competing at, in a semifinal as an individual. No. So, technically, my first year moving here, I was an individual because I planned on being on a team 
but there was no team. I actually wanted to be on Mayhem Independence with like in the back of my mind, the dream of being on Rich's team, right? Everyone's yeah. dream. Um, so technically I was, but I, I was not. Like Angelo and I were technically, Rich was kind of like juggling us as who are who's going to be my alternate because we're the fittest guys available at the gym that wouldn't just completely blow this for me, um, just being honest. Um, and I I thought I was fit moving the man, but like I said, that four to six months of committing to being a, an athlete, Rich beat the crap out of me for four to six months, and I became a pretty dang good athlete. They took a, hot, a top 120 to qualify for semifinals that year, and I was literally 118th. So I was two spots inside the cut line, um, barely made it, um, was super stoked, went to the Mac, and my goal at the Mac was to come top 10. And I think I came in 21st, don't quote me on that, but it was somewhere around 20th place. Um, so yeah, I didn't reach my goal. And that was actually the same year that Angelo had missed in multiple workouts by like three seconds qualifying for the games and made last chance qualifier. And then... Um, I actually kept training as if I did qualify for the games, did all games training and kept destroying myself to try and qualify for the next year, planning to go individual again and punch the ticket. Right. And then went individual, or excuse me, went team with Angelo and he was the same thing. When I asked him to go team, Angelo was like, nah, man, I'm, I was so close. I'm going to actually go into again and I want to make it. And then out of nowhere, he was like, let's do this. And let's get on the podium and stand next to Rich. And then I was like, let's go, baby. <laughs> like, wow. I was wow. So, hey, um, I, has Angelo has Angelo ever been to the games as an individual uh, adult? In the adult division, the official yeah. division? I don't I don't know. think he has. I don't think he has, which is crazy because last year, he'll, he'll tell you, no, nah, I don't think I'm good enough. This past year, I think for sure he was. Yeah, he's got a couple of little small holes compared. Obviously, like we're comparing him to the top 40 in the world, right? Of like, you know, peak shape and strength and fitness. But he's just such a good athlete and competitor. And it's because of his experience with Rich, like not taking anything away from him. But like he's got I mess with him. I say, dude, you got a rich froning brain cell because. Yeah, I I get that vibe from him, too. When they're together in the same room, I can tell, oh, shit, these Angelo's a special cat. I mean, he's a big star next to his fucking giant star, but Angelo's definitely got, he's, he's straight star power and workhorse. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like I noticed that the Mac, cause we won the Mac this past year on our team. And like, there was a few workouts where I was even like, kind of not really in tune with what was going on. The clock, uh, where the other teams were, where my, my teammates were, and he would he would kind of like lead and guide me on the floor and like his floor awareness is just ridiculous. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! Wow. But yeah, like wow. his floor awareness, which is something that's so like not really talked about. But like learning to be a competitor, have confidence, but have good floor awareness is something that like not a lot of people talk about. Like I said, but Angelo is the fittest firefighter in 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 the world. Yeah. Go That's look dope. at his Instagram bio. He'll tell you all about it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you like that, Susa? Uh, um, I'd say that because when I when he was going into that uh, occupational games thing, yeah, 
he was like, bro, I think I might have a chance to be the fist firefighter. And I was like, bro, you got to do this. I'm that guy that's like, dude, you got to put it in your Instagram bio. I'll hype you up about it. Like we were fired up. He, he should put you. He should put it in his bio. We're yeah, just busting I mean, his balls. Yeah, hell hell yeah. He's, he's stupid fit. And he's he he like. OK, so he hasn't been to the games. I mean, he's got two gold medals at the games. Well, uh, as an adult, as a, as, as a, a past puberty. <laughs> past puberty. I mean, as an individual. He, he did team. Which Angela is cool. and Rich joke around about that all the time. They're like, uh, about how he peaked in high school. So he pro- is he going to go individual too, you think? Teenage medals. Uh, he might. Um, I'm, I'm encouraging him to go individual if he can't find people that he wants to go team with. Um, I'm, I've been help, trying to help him recruit a little bit. Um, part of me feels bad and wants to go team with him again, but he understands and he wants me to go individual. Um, and I feel like that's like where my heart is at as well. So, but yeah, I think he's, and I try to encourage him too. like, dude, we, this time last year, we didn't ha- know who our team was going to be. I was like, I've just got your commitment and we had to find two females. Like you got plenty of time to figure this thing out. And we're all here at mayhem, like here to help him and, It'd be it'd be crazy, right? Like we make history in the sport of taking three um, teams from one affiliate gym to the game. That, that had never been done before. Never, it's unheard of. Like two is a lot, but three is just stupid, insane. And that's twelve people qualifying for the games from one gym for teams. It's just crazy. Anyway, um, and one that wins the whole thing. Right. Well, for sure. Right, Rich. But I guess what I was trying to say is like that'd be kind of kind of crazy if there was three and then the next year there was none you know what i mean like part of me wants to just go team what about you and angelo and taylor and uh nistler i would love that <laughs> i think andrea would be like nah bro and taylor would be like i don't i think taylor's too busy with her schedule um andrew's gonna go again so andrew's gonna go again she just hasn't found her team I don't, I think they both, I mean, we're all supportive here at Mayhem, whatever they do, but we know Taylor's really busy with school and doing the whole medical field thing. And I know Andrea's super hungry and competitive. And she said she'd continue to compete like Wadapalooza and this other stuff that she had opportunities to do and make money. But she's kind of in a space where she's having fun. I don't think she wants to compete again for the actual CrossFit season. Just a lot of pressure and commitment and, the thing is, is everyone's getting older. Yeah, and those and those, win- those those windows will close. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she'd said that she was committed to being done. She's just have some fun, but which she had fun at Zalo, so it looked like it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. She is hey. such a savage. I'll watch her on this all day. That's entertainment. Hey, so so when you work out, it's like that. It's like to your left is Haley, and then down the way is Rich, and then to your right is. Miss Nissler. Yeah, that was, I think that was one of the coolest experiences for me. Um, and I'll never trade that for the world was this past year being on a team training, like my independence team with Angelo neck and neck with rich, even if it wasn't like four on four kind of thing. Like, even if it was like, I don't know, rich and Sam Cornier or rich and Andrew, Andrew Nisler, like, paired up in a one-to-one like rest one-to-one interval style workout and then it's like 
me and Sasha or me and Alexis or me and Angelo or whoever it was. Sometimes it might, might even be me and Sam um, or even Taylor. <laughs> like we might mix members, but like that competitive atmosphere and having everyone in there, even in the individuals, like you said, like having Haley Adams in there and everyone else is just like, I wouldn't ch- change that for the world. Those workouts, those painful days, like the camaraderie being together, the community, it was just amazing. It was, it was special. What will Sasha and Alexis do? What do you What do you mean? Like, what, what are their plans for next year? Do you know? Oh, what will they do? Uh, yeah. Sasha is fully committed to individual. Awesome. And I love Alexis. She's been playing this like free agency role. I'm a baseball background guy, so I got to use that as examples for those of you who don't know. Uh, well, I guess free agents are in all sports, but anyway, she's kind of like looking for another team. I think she said something like this might be her last year. Uh, Last year she was telling us that. Um, But I don't think she'll do a team with Mayhem. I think she's got a team figured out already. I don't honestly know even who's on it. Um, But, yeah, she's she's great. I respect people that are like where she's at in the sport because she's been doing it for 10-plus years as well, and she's um, having fun with it. She's got a big girl job. She's – lining up her future and she just wants to keep having fun and keep competing. So I don't know necessarily that she's like as serious as others in it, but she's having fun and she's competing. She's doing what she loves. So I, I'm going to say that it, it must be weird leaving mayhem to train somewhere else. Cause it's all downhill from there. You know what I mean? It's like by that, I mean, it's like having a job at like seven 11 where you could drink, all the slurpees you want all day to then all of a sudden getting an office job, like living in a broom closet. It, it's just, <laughs> it, I mean, I'm, I'm just guessing that most people who train at mayhem, they look forward to it. You know what I mean? Like the same way you look forward to going to school to hang out with your friends when you're in the third grade. I'm guessing it's just like, uh, the environment's good. The food's good. The rest is good. The driving's good. The traffic's good. Like everything's just good for the most, except for the workouts. And, uh, yeah I'm, it's it's interesting i wonder what it's like for people to switch yeah I, i'm guessing it's not fun i don't know i've never done it i don't plan on it <laughs> um i would agree though i mean that's just hilarious do you do you think of a um a, like what what if what if you go what if you don't make it there is no what if what okay Fair. I don't, I, I'm not thinking like that. Right. So I like to have a phrase um, or a word going into every year. And it was really interesting. Like uh, last Sunday, I was Sunday morning. I was like going through my journal and I didn't journal as much as I wanted to this past year, but I get really motivated leading up to the new year and I get super mo- motivated around New Year's like most people. Right. And I remember last year I was like doing some journaling and writing some things down and I like wrote in all caps, like all these like things I wanted to accomplish and things I wanted to live out as far as like mentality and mindset. And I I, remember I saw this thing. It said, use this hashtag, like this needs to be your phrase for the new year. Talking about this past year. And it was all in. And I thought it was really neat. Uh, I won't get into details too much, but there's this huge clash of these different things. Um that happened to me this past Sunday. And, um, I just got done studying with my small group. These guys I do Bible study with, uh, 
uh, the book of Acts in the Bible, which long story short, it's about these dudes who are all in, like they give everything into um, like preaching the gospel. And then I love this, no plan B. And then I go to church and the pastor gives like an all in message about burn the ships. And I want to share with you because I know you've probably Please heard share it, it share it. it. I love it. Share but it. Dude, so like he starts talking about this Spanish conquistador, right? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Anyway, who like this is way back when, like Christopher Columbus days, sailing across, finding find new land and stuff. Anyway, the Spanish conquistador comes across the pond to Mexico where the Aztecs are. And they don't really know that the Aztecs are these I mean, let's keep it real. These badass Indians who are like are all about warfare. They're way ahead of the um, schedule as far as like they're not as primitive as, the, as these other um, tribes and they're warriors really and like savages. And these Spanish dudes are like, all right, well, we want the money here, the land. Like there's all this potential, right? The stuff we want. But it's the main captain that's all eager for this. And he sees the land, the potential, and all this stuff. And he's like, trying to get his boys on board and his boys are like dude these dudes this tribe looks like savages we don't have that many troops we're outnumbered like we're on these big ships let's go home and he's like no i'm all in and you guys need to be on board with me and he orders everybody to burn the ships as in like your shirt you just showed i love that no plan b we're not going home we're not going home like there is no way home if we go home we took them over and we're using their ships to get back home. And like, I just got super like deep and lost into like journaling this past few days and like talk thinking. Cause I like doing a lot of thinking and reflecting on the past year and thinking about what I want in my future as far as my life. And dude, that's where I'm at. Like you ask, like, what if to me, there is no, what if like I've burned the ships, there's no turning around. I moved to Cookville two years ago. I'm all in. This is why I'm here. And I'm going individual and like, there's just no, there's no other option in my mind. Like for sure. That's it. Um, and, and you're not afraid of emotional pain at all. At all. I mean, come on. I suffered yeah. probably more than what most will ever in a lifetime on I love, TV. I love to hear that. It, um, emotional suffering is, uh, it, it if, if you can make it out to the other side, the benefits are like just massive. What it does to your fucking, uh, yeah. Mental horsepower makes you tough for sure. So tough and so friendly and, and so uh, like almost unoffendable. Yeah. It's like, you just have this huge and you can feel so much more, but you got to come out the other side. You can't let it like scar you. You just have to be like, Oh wow. Yeah. I made it. Yeah. I think it's part of that's just, maturity of experience and being able to relate to other people right that's the beauty of having i think people in your life friends right brothers and sisters if you will to relate to them like you're going through that hard time well yeah well check this out look what i went through let's talk about how they're they run parallel uh, have you i wonder if that year didn't one year rich not win the games his team didn't win the games they took second yeah i i believe it was his first year don't oh, i wonder if he cried oh. Um, I've heard stories that he cried from, <laughs> no, uh, oh. okay. okay. First of all, let me, let me talk about this real quick. Rich doesn't cry. Like someone like, texted me I the other day. He goes, I'm, I'm, I'm passing Cookville and I can smell Rich's masculinity. Someone said that. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
he really is one of the most manliest men I've ever met. Anyway, uh, even Hillary will poke and prod him because he doesn't cry. Like, I'll admit. He I'm, only sweats. He saves all his moisture for sweating. Yeah. Like, his body thing, cries, but not his eyes. I've never met, honestly, I've never met a man that, like, is so – I've only, like, met a few that are similar to this where their emotions – like he can control him on levels that I've never seen before. Like for example, granted he'd been once before, but when I went with the Golden Knights on this army trip, where I mean, some of the most professional dudes I get it who are able to skydive is their skydiving army official team. I had the opportunity to skydive with Rich, and I'm my I'm like thinking I'm I'm like one of the dudes that's like emotionally stable, and my heart's still adrenaline beating out of my chest. I'm about to go in. And I still am like trying to amp myself up, trying to be like, you know, confident, you know, positive thoughts. And he's like this. Like if he held his hand out, <laughs> he'd be like this. If I held my hand out, I'd be like this. Like adrenaline, right? I'm shaking, right? I mean, he's icy, like stone cold killer. Like it doesn't matter what the scenario is. It could be the most high stress. I've, it's just crazy. But even emotional. Like if there's something that might gross someone out or make someone cry, like he won't cry. He'll just be like, all right, what's next? And it's just, it's an interesting thing. I, I feel like I've learned a lot just from seeing how he handles certain situations. But I think that's one cool thing. And Hillary hates he it. He feels like, it though. I think because when he was on here, sure. yeah, he's a, I think he's a deep feeler. Yeah. Which is the sure. irony of it. He's not, he's not, um, I don't want to misrepresent him as this, uh, yeah, he's a deep feeler. I don't think he's the type to push that shit down. He said last time he was on here, he's like, oh, I don't do emotion so good. He'll, uh, he'll say that himself. He's hilarious about it. He's like, yeah, I'm emotionally illiterate. And it's honestly, <laughs> I, I, have, I have some people in my family that are like that. Like my brother, for example, he's the last person that's going to like give you a hug and touchy feeling and be like, hey man, I love you, bro. But like, he loves so deep, he won't tell you, but his loyalty and his passion, his love for you might be deeper than you can imagine, anyone you've ever met. But like, he's just going to be like this, you know? And I feel like that's kind of like how Rich is, you know? He feels for sure and he loves deep and he's loyal, but like, it's not all about showing it. And it's something that I, I want to get better at. It's something as simple as being a CrossFit workout. If I'm on an echo bike and I feel all this pain, I want to be like this. He was emotional in that video that I saw where he um, almost suspended you for a week. Why well, got to bring that up, man? <laughs> <laughs> he was emotional then. Hey, is that kind of flattering when he does that? <laughs> like if Rich yelled at me, I'd be kind of flattered. I was like, oh, I didn't know he cared. Oh, man. Your humor gets me, man. That's hilarious. What? It, it is kind of flattering, isn't it? I mean, yeah, like it shows he cares, but like, yeah. Also, it's like disheartening. I'm like, no, man, I don't want to make you <laughs> no. mad. Dad's Sorry, yelling bro. at me. Sorry, Dad. Come on, big bro, don't be mad at me. Hey, if there's something you're gonna get in trouble for for Rich Froning, you want to be that like you you weren't pacing the workout right. Like it, it like great. That's fucking actually, yeah. great. That's a, good, that's a good way. Yeah, well said. You don't want him to be mad because you f- messed with his kids or anything. Then you die. <laughs> I mispaced yeah, the workout. I got yelled at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I left the tractor on in the yard. Um. Well, I, I, I crazy appreciate you coming on. I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, congratulations on making the commitment to go individual. I think you're gonna. Um, 
Thank you very much. I think it's going to add a lot of uh, intrigue and interest for the fans. Um, I think it, 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 it makes the entire narrative better in the CrossFit space to see you doing that. Uh, you're with, I appreciate that, man. I, man, goes, it speaks volumes. Your support and saying that. I appreciate yeah. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's so fun to add characters into the mix. And I, and I, and we all know those of us who watch it know that it's the, the craziest endeavor. It's just so filled with pain and hardship. So well said. All right, brother. Well, thanks for coming on. Tell, tell all the boys I said, hi, is, 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 is Samuel uh, training there? He's not. He actually just completed his own barn gym in Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's got quite the projects and he's living the dad life crushing up there. He will be here actually in a few weeks though, uh, for the train with rich in December. Okay. So, so he's still a mayhem athlete. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually, yeah. He'll be staying in my house here in a couple of weeks. So I'm excited to see him. Awesome. All right, brother. Thank you, Luke. See you, brother. Thanks yeah. For me, yeah. Have a, have a good, have a good day. Stay healthy. You too, Stay bro. sore. Bye. Bye. Oh, <laughs> I know. I need, I need to have, I need to have Sam on. I forgot about this blue tape. I never even looked at my notes. I know there was a couple things I had uh, pulled up here like the baptism thing and stuff that didn't come up. Yeah. He baptized the guy. I, I also was watching a video last night where in that video where uh, rich is like going off on him, and that when rich is on a yeah. um, air runner walking backwards, I actually saw that on, I actually saw that on Andrew Hiller's uh, YouTube channel. He did a whole thing on um, Luke getting yelled at, but he's walking yeah. backwards. Do you ever do that? I've, I do that quite a bit. Now I shouldn't say quite a bit, but, three minutes a day like I, i'll just get on the air runner and walk backwards you ever mess with that yeah all the time i usually drag a sled backwards as like a warm-up especially my legs are feeling pretty toasted or my knees are a little bit sore now that i'm getting to my older age here i've been pedaling the bike backwards too oh that's a new one i should try that so chill though i would do that so chill there's some weird angles going on i do that so chill that's my name don't wear it out <laughs> This thing, this thing that's going on at the iPhone factory is just cracking me up. I haven't seen it. I heard you talking about it when I was on my way home from the gym, like to get here. And I'm, I'm super curious as to what's going on with that. They have. It sounds like uh, uh, Apple's like um, lifting ship and moving to India. That, oh. that there's some instability in China that they're not stoked on. Interesting. They, they have like, Fox, Foxconn. That company has a million employees that work on the iPhone. They have this one particular plant, which is their largest plant, which has uh, two hundred thousand employees at one plant. Which I, I two hundred thousand. They call, they call it iPhone City, dude. The people live there. That's Susan. two. That's two Livermores. That's two. That's that's double the population that's here. We're like just under a hundred thousand. <laughs> That's crazy. My hair is froing right now. It's out of control, but I didn't want to wear the beanie on like the million time in a row. I think I'm going to cut it tomorrow. I looked at Alaska. Uh, I looked up Alaska the other day. I looked, um, I, uh, last night I asked Siri how many acres is Alaska and it's 400 and like 58 million acres. And I was thinking that's probably enough land for every person in the United States to have an acre of land. And to have a road network and shopping malls and all that yeah. shit. Gives you another hundred million. But but every person doesn't need an acre because there's families, right? Like yeah. So you could you could put 
200 million facilities on and it's just interesting how big this planet is Mm -hmm. like if you drive from here to new york majority of the time you're just like i mean even when like when you and i drove down to la to go to newport yeah like you're in the we're in the major city then as soon as we get out of it it just feels like there's nothing around us and then you get over the grapevine and we're like oh here we are we're back in the jungle concrete again but it just seems like there's a lot of space uh dj reed uh, brian nelson for mayhem would be a great guest he shares very similar views to you seven Oh, and that's why he wrote. Oh, that's why okay. Wrote Sabon, I was like, Sabon. yeah, that's fine. Got to write the first wrong the first time, write the second time. Yeah, I was thinking that same thing that he would be interesting. I have one of those fucked up names. I just realized that I never have to deal with, but probably everyone's iPhone when they type in Sevon autocorrects it to seven. It does. God. Yeah, mine does it all the time. You can make it learn though, so it knows. If I capitalize this, it'll give me your name. I um. Yeah, I think Foxconn is the one with the nets around the building to catch the jumpers. Yeah. Hey, they even have video footage. They even have video footage of like people like climbing over a fence, like trying to get away. Yeah, like escape. Like, I mean, who knows? If, who know? Oh, wait, wrong button. Who knows if it's real? I just think it's so ironic when you see stuff like that, and then you'll have Apple that'll be like you know, doing some virtue signaling and then yeah. people that are building the phones are like escaping and there's some sniper like sniping them off the thing They're like back to work. By the way, we support whatever the popular cause is. You're, you're, you're worried about uh, making sure that every child has the ability to chop off their penis or remove their breast. And yet, and yet you, yeah. And yet you yes, keep 200,000 people locked up in a facility pumping out iPhones. Yeah, yet the mothers there just have the kid on the assembly line. And like, have you seen that? I think it's like an American dad or family guy thing where there's like a pregnant woman putting together the iPhone and then she just has the kid and then someone just comes and picks up the kid and puts it in the seat next to her. And then the kid just starts building the iPhone immediately. It's like, I'm laughing, but it's actually really quite sad. <laughs> Some people were some people were walking among wheat fields with their luggage, blanket, and quilts, wrote a user of WeChat in the post. I couldn't help but feel sad. I couldn't help. I couldn't I help. If, I wonder if Rich would feel sad. Well, Foxconn has not disclosed how many workers at the Zen Zhao site has been diagnosed with COVID-19. The company... <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest issue? Shut the fuck up. Not the like, borderline slavery, but the fact that if they have COVID or not. iPhone iPhone production could slump 30%. Could. Shut up. Foxconn. Foxconn. Foxconn is Apple's biggest iPhone maker, producing 70% of iPhone shipments globally, which in turn makes up 45% of the Taiwanese firm's revenue. Oh, interesting. So it's a Taiwanese firm. Oh, do we have a call at nine? Yeah, we do. 45 minutes. You know what else is crazy about the, those like major tech companies and all that doing all like the virtue signaling and like the woke stuff. If you ever sit inside one of their like board meetings or an internal like executive meeting, like how like cutthroat and hardcore they are. And like, it doesn't like your feelings don't matter. Like I heard a story because, um, family friends with somebody who works at pretty high up at an apple and the the story basically goes like somebody was saying hey we're having these issues at the factory not this type of issues like other issues in this and that and then they all just stopped and turned and they said then why are you here and right there in the meeting guy just stood up got on the plane to go to china 
Wow, to fix it. To fix it. It's like, hey, you're sitting here telling us that there's this problem or this or that. Like, why are you here then? Why are you at this meeting? Why aren't you in China solving the problems? And if you brought that same kind of mentality to some of the like issues rather than just this virtual signaling and woke, like think of how much stuff we've accomplished. Not that you need to be super hardcore and not have feelings, but just like focusing on the real issues that solve real problems, not virtual signaling and wearing wristbands that are going to do nothing. Do nothing. That's another thing that's going on at World Cup. I heard you talk about that at the start. That's why I mentioned that. They're so stupid. A lot of those countries, too, like you're running directly in the face of their like religion. And like you've seen what's happening over in Iran and stuff like that. And I don't I'm not saying that I agree with any of it. But when you push against people that are very um, deep rooted in tradition and their religion or Sharia law or whatever it is like that, like they like if you think they're going to bend over because the Twitter mob is coming like you. <laughs> You're in for a rude awakening, you know? The Twitter mob. Yeah, it's like everybody here, your biggest threat is to have something chopped up out of context of you on the internet so you lose your sponsor deal, right? And it's like there's no morality. These people say that out loud. It comes out of their mouth. What? That they're worried about their sponsors. Exactly. I mean, that's the biggest fear. But in some of these other laws, if you try to, if you, you know, do that or something like that, they'll fucking kill you or your family for it. Like, go to North Korea and you can't even have an opinion on what clothes you like. A it's kid like, just lost his uh, – I just saw a kid just lost his scholarship in Florida, a uh, college football player, because of someone took – or he made a video of himself singing a rap song that had words that he wasn't supposed to say. It, so, it's such – it's such uh, – DJ Reed, for, it's such hypocrisy. Yeah. It's so it's That is sad hypocrisy. to me. Yeah, that is sad to me. Yeah. DJ Reed, $10 for typing your name wrong. It's okay. Hey, way. that's that's cool though. If you got ten bucks every time someone yeah. spelt a tech, you'd, you'd be living large. <laughs> I'd be crazy, crazy wealthy. Look oh, at Budweiser this. gave up the beer. Yeah, because I think uh, Budweiser had some had some um, really expensive, like multi million dollar deer to have just their beer sold there, and then they seventy five million. Seventy five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fisherman lands whopping 67 pound goldfish may break world record. It was sheer luck. Well, oh, isn't that what all fishing is? <laughs> He's going to need a bigger bowl. UK fisherman became the envy of anglers everywhere after reeling in a nearly 70 pound monster goldfish, potentially the world's largest. Uh, the guy's 42 years old, Andy Hackett. Look Damn. at that thing. This particular specimen, which is reportedly 20 years old, was apparently introduced in the lake 15 years ago as something different for the anglers to try to catch. Uh, Angling, that must be a kind of fishing. Yeah, I assume I don't know anything about fishing, though. She is very elusive and does not come out very often. He he threw this fish back. I guess you throw this back. It's a carp. You don't eat carp. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it took him 25 minutes to reel that monster in. I, I just, I look at this guy's fingers more than I do the fish. I can't stop looking at his forearm and his fingers. That guy's weathered. Oh yeah. Mr. That guy's 42. Come on, man. <laughs> as, as our president would say, come on, man. Come on, man. Congratulations, Andy, to a great catch. Uh, in a similar miraculous catch in 2019, a Kentucky fisherman nabbed a 20-pound koi fish while using a biscuit for it. You're comparing a 20-pound koi to a 70-pound <laughs> – that ruined the article for me. 
Anyway, 70 pound goldfish. That's kind of cool. Hey, are you more active on Twitter now? Are you doing stuff on Twitter? Yeah. yeah. It? Yes. Are yes. You? Yes. Everybody, everybody that's on Twitter that's in the launch should go there, go follow you. Yes. Are you be I'm dropping totally, like words of wisdom or is I'm, there I'm just a totally, I'm, I don't know. I'm just Twittering away. I'm just like, mm, I'm waiting for that to become some sort of a uh, new, like disciplined obsession. Like same with the uh, capable consulting, the child, yeah, the child. Yeah. Stuff. By the way, if any of you guys are listening to this that don't follow that already, you definitely should. But one day you were just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do one every single day," and you hammered one every. I've missed a f- I've missed a few days, but most Have days you? I do more than one. So damn, because I even saw like after the rogue stuff, and I was just spent like trying to move, and we were in front of the computers all day. And then I click, and you're out in the garage doing your assault bike, doing a, a cable, and I was like, yeah. "God, I'm such a piece of shit. I should clean up more stuff in my house." He's out there working out and doing that. Um, this is in honor of your mention of uh, Family Guy. Here we go. So, what are you kids doing in school? I got in trouble for saying something insensitive to trans kids. What'd you say? Well, a few of them started this acapella group, and they're all kind of chubby. So I said, you guys should call yourselves the trans fats. <laughs> Meg, you'll sit next to me this evening. But Dad! I'm sorry, Chris, you've fallen out of favor. Perhaps forever. <laughs> what a great show. Oh, I heard that they've gone... I don't really watch much of it anymore. I used to watch a lot of it, but I heard that they got softer. Oh, really? American dad got softer. Yeah. Oi. I don't know. It was like I, in, a, in a meme I saw. Like South Park is just keeping on, keeping on, but they've kind of. I hope not. I hope uh, not. You can get away with so much more in animation than you can in like, you know what I mean? Like even. Yes. Say, yes. Writing, like they could go to some dark places with those animated stuff. Funny I love it. Fa- I I watch. I, I I don't remember. I can't even believe Family Guy's still on. But I at one point, like I bought the first thirteen seasons on iTunes, and me and my and I me and my wife just crushed them. Yeah, yeah soft. Yeah, please tell me it's not true. It's oh, not true. true, right, Trish? Wait, Trish changed the profile. I know. Uh, uh, Caleb says that's Angela Merkel. If I don't think that looks like Angela Merkel to me, is uh, that Angela Merkel? I don't Angela know. Angela Merkel is like way more like Madeline Albright looking. That's funny though. <laughs> uh, if you weren't certain that the vast majority of people you know are just complete morons of the highest level, let me show you this to just remind you how absolutely sm- smarter you are than everyone you know. Is it Angela Merkel? Okay, now we got to type it up. Now I got to see. Okay, here we go. Oh, shit. Hold on. Screwed that up. Here we go. Brand new study came out just a few days ago, peer-reviewed, published in one of the biggest journals called Nature, showed that vitamin D supplementation not only reduced the risk of COVID, but also reduced the risk of death from COVID by as much as 33%. As a reminder, the only long-term placebo-controlled randomized trial on the vaccine, which was a trial done by Pfizer themselves, showed it reduced death by 0%. But the bigger point is that vitamin D is safe, almost free, and available to everyone. So why was that dismissed as some hippy-dippy, tree-hugging, BS snake oil idea when it had no downside? In the priority of solutions, you do the things that are virtually free, safe to virtually everyone, and available to everyone. 
before you do anything else. So before we ask why are everyday people who have plenty of historical reasons to distrust a certain industry, why are they vaccine hesitant? Maybe we should be talking about black people. Just say it, ding dong. The irony here is, is that vitamin D, the darker your skin is, the more important it is that you take vitamin D supplementation and it would be more effective for you. I mean, don't, doesn't everyone see the writing on the wall? Why are these are the same people that support BLM that support transgender um, uh, um, athletes coming into women's sports. These are the same people that they're, they're overtly have policy everywhere that crushes people. The darker your skin is. And yet, just because they yell, we're concerned about people with darker skin, people believe that shit. Mm-hmm. It's fuck. Like, how many times do I have to punch you in the face before it, if I'm saying, I love you, I love you, I love you? When do you be like, hmm, this doesn't feel like love? Most, most of them don't. They never leave the house. It's crazy. Our doctors, political leaders, and public health officials, so vitamin D and nutrition hesitant. Brand new study. Hey, mm. so. This doesn't this ne- this doesn't affect me or Sousa at all. This is like so what? Who it affects is poor people, obese people, people whose skin pigment uh, doesn't absorb as much uh, vitamin D. Uh, it it be, be, doesn't absorb as much vitamin D as people with uh, a whiter pigment. It affects all those people: Mexicans, Black people, Indians. Isn't it weird that anything that has so fucking weird that no that, one ever no one sees that? Well, there's a lot of stuff that has like a zero side effect too. Like if you take it, like let's say you're like, hey, get off processed carbohydrates, take more vitamin D. If you're not feeling good, take vitamin C. And people would be like, oh, see, you're doing with your hippie shit. You know, none of that. This is this guy probably listens to Joe Rogan. It's like everything you prescribed, even if it even if it doesn't work at all, doesn't have a side effect. Right? right, like as long as you're right. doing everything in a moderate dose, and you're right. you're not right. overdoing the vitamin D or something crazy, like it doesn't even have a side effect. So you could only have a positive upside, but with zero to limited downside. Like you know what I mean? There's going to be no negative effect from it. But yet people will jump on you and all over you and be like, "Oh, get your tinfoil hat on, here we go!" And you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, but believe the people that are selling you this shit that have extreme conflict of interest that have shown us complete distrust over the last like couple, couple of years in that you could, you could draw the line from the money going to one of the execs to an exec that retired from Pfizer. That's now on the board of the FDA that now donated to this political party. And you could see it and it's all in front of our face, but then you'll say, Hey, stop eating so much carbs. Like, Oh, look at that hippie. Where's my drugs. We're going to, we're going to kneel in the NFL, but Mm. all the other people with black skin, we're going to keep vitamin D from them. The truth about vitamin D from them. Uh, Jiggy Josh, nah, we just have to be outside for three hours, which most places in the U.S. not warm enough. Yeah, thank you. Ba- basically, people, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but, but skin color is just based on where you natively were supposed to fucking grow on the fucking, uh, on the planet. The darker the skin, the more the, the, you're more likely closer to the equator where you got more sun, where you didn't need to absorb as much vitamin D. And if you're fucking an Eskimo, I put a flashlight on you and you get enough vitamin D. That's it. That's it. That's that that simple. And if I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. The spirit of what I'm saying is so close to being right. Just run with it. It's fucking crazy. (laughs) 
and, and and it's just the irony that they that these same jackasses act like they care. And you know what's no. weird? It's it's almost like we're talking to a bunch of obese drug addicts addicted to porn. It's like we're talking to a bunch of drunk. No, no, no. Ob- obese, obese drug addicts. Drug addicts addicted to porn. Oh, oh yeah, we are. You're right. <laughs> it's like the United States in a in a general there, right? Like how much? How many people are on prescriptive drugs? whether or not they're positively affecting your quality of life or the ailment it's supposed to be treating, that's up in the air. But how many people are are on prescription drugs for the rest of their life? How many people are overweight? And now with this new phenomenon of, oh, I don't really feel that great or whatever, I could just hit a couple buttons on my phone and now I'm I'm looking at porn. Uh, Crazy. Uh, Caitlin, I'm going to step on. I'm going to send you an article. You have to be careful with vitamin D supplementation because it's a hormone and if poorly sourced can have negative effects, better to get it from natural sources. Word. I hear you. Yeah. I Everything's better from a natural source. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I personally don't take vitamin D, but I'm outside all day. Yeah. Someone, someone in here, um, said seven on your, where is it? Uh, Hartle said it. I wanted to pull, uh, seven on your poor, your poor, your poor, you're, you're living poor in California or something, whatever you said, it was right. Eric Weiss, I may get back on Twitter for seven. I've never been on it. I've just started. I'm just getting like excited. I'm like, oh, I can go over here and just say whatever I want. Like I can just tell the truth over here. Did you hear about the church who had a threesome at the, uh, heard about the priest that had a threesome at the church? No, but it sounds right up my alley for a story I'd like to hear. Bruce Wayne just addicted to the podcast and CrossFit. I want to get on peptides. Uh, I got I got a really great compliment the other day. Um, Andrew Hiller, we were talking on the phone. I was going to say he called me, but he never calls me. I just call him. And he said that that putting in context how much drugs people take in the United States, pharmaceutical prescriptions, was really like that hit him. And one of the basically what it was is like you take the gross domestic uh, product of Finland or New Zealand. And you times it by two, and you still aren't at the amount of money that the U.S. spends on pharmaceutical drug consumption. Isn't that fascinating? That's Absolutely why when I hear crazy. stuff, and this isn't a dig from people in New Zealand, but that's why when I hear, like, when I hear about people like in New Zealand talking about what's going on here, it's like, dude, you're we know what's going on there. You don't know what's going on here. You're you're like just a city. I think New Zealand's like 14 million acres. Didn't I just tell you Alaska's 458 million? That's just one of our states. Sevan, you're you're poor in California. Yes, I'm very poor in California. I understand. I'm still, yeah, I understand. Trust me, I understand. I fucking crashed my car yesterday. Wait, what? I know. I think it's the only second time I've ever been in an accident. Oh life. shit! I didn't know about that. We talked a couple times. When did- no, it happened last night. It happened last uh, night. It happened late last night. Bad? Is it like wrecked, wrecked, or is it just like fucked no, up? No, no. I drove it home. It's just, uh, it rattled me because it's like I I fancy myself as like being able to drive with my thumb in my ass and my eyes closed, weaving traffic, and I was just in a parking spot. And I loaded up my kids in the car and it was late at night. We were leaving a restaurant. It was my twin's birthday. And I just, and I, and I, and I, it's this parking lot that has the whole parking lots open. It's behind this restaurant, except I had parked under this one spot where there's two spots under an awning. And there was a thin fucking pole holding up the corner of the awning. And as I turned the wheel, I scraped the fender into it. Uh, Not the, not in the fender on my Sienna is actually the whole bumper. 
Did and I just looked at it down? and I'm like, oh, it's going to be so expensive to fix. And I have to get it fixed today. That's why I'm still talking on the podcast. I'm scared to go out there. Because then you have to like face the reality of what you have to do. <laughs> hey, can I just go to Toyota and be like, change my bumper? I mean, Toyota, just you've Toyota seen my that? car, dude. I hit the side of the thing and I didn't do shit about it. <laughs> I, mean, I know. I, but I'm about to drive. I'm about, I drive so much and, it, and my kids yeah. are in the car. Yeah. But yeah. my kid said something that broke my heart too. What did he say? You put us in harm's way, Dad. No, I wish it was something <laughs> like that. But it, but I mean, I was only going. I was going like you know two miles an hour, and it, it looks like I was hit by a semi. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll send you a picture. Oh, damn! A guy in my department has OnlyFans and made four hundred thousand last year. Yeah, Good. I got this. I got this. I got a bunch of friends on OnlyFans are killing it. But this one guy, I I text with all the time. He only gets paid like seven dollars and fifty cents for like doing the splits, like naked. Yeah, he called in once too. We're chatting. Yeah, I and I think he sells his underwear for two fifty. <laughs> but he has to do stuff to his underwear, like wipe his butt with it or something. Oh, that's so weird. That's so weird. Hold on, was this is this uh, Angela Merkel here? Or is this the new? Is that her? Is that what? Okay, hold on. Let me pull up. I'll find uh right Trish. here. Trish is find a body. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. God, it's so close. Hey, that that picture, Trish's. Um, I know. Should I find a body shop? Why can't I just take? It's just the bumper. Why can't I just take it in there? And they just just don't they have extra bumpers sitting around at Toyota? But um, th this Trish picture looks like a plast, like at a wax museum version of Angela Merkel. Like it's just off a little. Yeah, I know. I know, Mark. I know. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to wipe your butt with your undies? No. <laughs> I always wonder, like, Trish, and like what Dick Butter looks like. And then the Dick Butter Instagram account posted, uh, like, a bunch of um, pictures from the games. Like, these far off, like, zoomed in, like, hiding behind something photos. And I was like, wait, Dick Butter was at the games? And we didn't even... Was no, he? He was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the pictures on the Instagram showed that he was. Dick Have you noticed Spiegel's new profile pic? Oh. No. Oh, Spiegel's? Like our Spiegel or these? Yeah, Spiegel? yeah, yeah, yeah. This this house Spiegel. Oh, my light. What the fuck? I got some weird shit house going Spiegel. on over here. Okay, I want to show you one more thing before I I'm gonna do one more procrastination here. Okay. So I don't know why, but my when i don't i don't really i don't really watch anything on youtube except when i'm on the assault bike and i'm researching the podcast like i don't watch youtube on my computer on my accounts where i post to youtube i just post to youtube and leave like i don't hang out on youtube but for some reason especially with my capable parenting youtube channel Every time I go to post on my phone, they they have a bunch of videos that they want you to click that pop up right away. And one of them always is a girl in a like at some track and field event bent over. <laughs> and then it, and then it immediately starts and she sh shows her like pool vaulting. You know what I mean? The video just starts. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the photo that you see in the little uh, yes. uh, thumbnail. Yeah, and yeah. And it's yeah. always them like pulling their their shit out of their butt or whatever. And I'm like I don't watch any of this. I'm not into track and field. I don't click on any of like the girls dancing shit. Like I don't do any of that. I don't, I don't have time for that. I just want to post my stuff and get back to what I, what I want to do. 
but for some reason they fucking cracked the code on me and it's like so much i don't know but i saw this pop up in twitter the other day and i watched this and it says um she knows how to play the game and this i mean i can't stop uh but but keep thinking about um Danielle Brandon every time I see this, but, but look at this uh, video here. This, I don't know who, is that Texas A&M? Yeah, I assume so. Okay, here we go. I don't know. She probably someone knows who she is. If she's someone famous or not. If they crack the code on me, maybe I feel better watching it with you guys. That way it's not me just staring at girls on the track. I'm going to get my boys in the track and field. And she's good, too. Yeah. Is yours like that? Is your your YouTube full of this? Now look at her. Look at her. Straight to the camera. (laughs) Oh, damn. Crazy, right? Yeah. I, I always wonder she's like messing with it now a little bit. I always wonder too, like, is she just like doing that because she knows she's going to cut it and she's trying to take this opportunity to build like a personal brand on a social platform. So then she could take that career and kind of like, you know, spin it off into something more long-term or. It takes just- what Luke Parker said to a whole new level that basically she has, he was saying that um, Angelo and Rich have great field awareness. This girl has camera awareness. Mm-hmm. Crazy yeah, camera awareness. Yeah, she knows where all the cameras are. That's funny. Got this article I can't wait to show you guys on the next live call show. It talks about the first transgender clinic. Which is tomorrow, right? And oh, is it? Yep. Oh, thanks for scheduling that. That's awesome. I love I think, those. Our Thanksgiving. I think we've done that both this is our second Thanksgiving with the podcast. But check this out. This couple had a had twins, mm-hmm. and one of the boys that they circumcised it was a botched circumcision, which means they fucked his cock up. They ruined his cock, and so to deal with it, oh, fuck. they turned him into a girl. I mean, how ba- how that's bad was first, it? How bad was it botched though? Did they have a choice at that point, dude? You don't turn. You don't. Tu- I would rather have no penis than be turned into a girl. How young was I, the kid? Like, you, you, you talk, talk me through. It. I want to hear you talk. I want to, I want to hear you convince me. I want to hear you convince. Sevon, would you rather be a girl? We can turn your penis. We can turn your penis into a vagina, or we can cut off half your penis. Back, go ahead, cut a half of it off. I'll keep the half. I just keep half then. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just this thrown out of the yeah, Tell me, there. like, how young was the kid? Did they just? I mean, baby, baby, baby. Yeah fuck that's just a shitty hand to be dealt but i feel like hey okay would that be the equivalent of like hey and it was in canada and it was in canada if that doesn't like help you understand hey would that be the equivalent of like you you got your car like the bumper fender like the fender bender because of the thing and you're like all right fuck it let's just drive this thing off a cliff now (laughs) strip it down turn into a motorcycle is that where i went with it as opposed to just like oh let's just deal with the you know the incident and make it the best we can Dude. What if they went the other way and they're like, hey, as soon as this kid turns 15, bring it back in. We're going to just put a monster cock on it for our uh, our screw up. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, why free? not try to? Yeah, instead of turning it into a girl, why not give it just like, hey, we got we're going to make the world's first prosthetic 
cock. Just enhance it. Why? Yeah. The babysitter goes to change the diaper at three and it's like, whoa. Researchers then gave opposite sex hormones to 55 children in the study. What the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> but if you uh, suggest that they take some more vitamin D, <laughs> you're the conspiracy theorist. Wow, I didn't even put it in context like that. That's some scary shit. It's also just strange that there's a lot of, I mean, kids are changing their mind all the time. And by kids, it's like, you know, from the age of like five into the age of like 18, you're constantly changing your mind. I know I was, especially through high school, like I was doing just a lot of stuff for like social acceptance. And so we know this as kids are developing, especially trying to find their identity and trying to find their place in the social thing. Like even as a boy, you do some dumb shit. Hey, that guy said something. You could let him say that. You should go over there and pick a fight with him. You're scared yes. to death. You hate violence. Yes. You don't want anything to do with it. But you're like, oh, fuck, everybody thinks I should. Well, I better do it. I mean, you know that these pressures exist across a broad spectrum of things. It's like, why in the world would we just interject, purposefully interject another another thing into that that has um unreversible changes being done right it's even like with tattoos there's a reason why they're like hey you, you know you got to be 18 to get the tattoo we don't want you to make a decision at this younger age to where you're going to have to be live with this for the rest of your life just give it time and even if that's the path you want to take we're all for it we're just saying just hold off a little bit longer on it and i mean even in terms of um sex right like you go back and you know you hear fathers of the daughters well mine's that kid isn't dating until they're in their 20s and like all this type of stuff to try to keep away. I mean, my parents, basically, the deal was my dad would always say, girls will fuck your life up if you get too crazy involved in it. And then my mom would always just basically say, there's plenty of time for that when you get older. Just focus on these things now. There's, there's going to be plenty of time for that, right? And so now all of a sudden you take those type of, those that instruction or that advice, and now it's like, figure out your sexuality at this. And if they choose this, don't don't just support it and give them space, but just totally lean into it now. Make them go all the way to the other end of the spectrum. Not just say, you know, hey, we're supporting you. We Taking love you. Taking permanent life-changing actions because of impermanent thoughts. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I stole that from someone made that. Someone wrote that in the YouTube channel about tattoos. They're permanent markings around impermanent thoughts. Yeah. And then to Bruce Wayne questions, who's what book are you currently reading? I'm actually still absorbing that first <laughs> book that I talked to you guys about. Um, uh, I'm completely blanking on the title now, The Battle for the American Mind. Um, I'm just finishing that one up. And this next book that I'm uh, getting into is actually on how interest rates and interest on loans was created and where it's gotten us now and how that's evolved over the years. So I'm sure that one's going to take me a while too, because the denser the book or the more the material, the more time I spend like thinking about it or like looking stuff up. So it takes me a little bit longer to get through. But um, yeah, those are the two. Hey, what happened to that guy? He, um, we, we keep talking about him. He has like, he only had like 800 followers, but someone recommended I get him on the show. I think he was a jujitsu guy. He had a crazy story. Did he fall through the cracks? No, we got him on. The guy who was a black belt in jujitsu and like wrestled down all the people stealing? No, no, no. This is new. God, we, I feel, I'm, pan I, I'm in a bad spot. I just started panicking that guests fell through the cracks. Probably not. I'm always wrong whenever I think that. Yeah, usually uh, if they come through, I put them on a list. And it's, even if it's not right away, we always make our way around too. If I've reached out to you and asked you to be on a podcast, and I didn't follow through with it. Please remind me. 
basically it just, I thought you were going to say, please blame Matt. <laughs> no, that too. You're welcome to do that. But basically what happens is, is there's just so many people I'm courting at once to keep the show rolling along. Yeah. And I mean, fall through the cracks and having a show, a live show every single day. It's like, we got to be out ahead of it and things kind of change and um, people's schedules change. So it's, it's always a work in progress. It's, I always vision this podcast as like a, a sculpture that we're constantly molding. You know what I mean? And then it takes a different direction. We go, okay, let's mold it this way now. And Cause you're always working on it. It's always evolving. It's always building always, always stuff being added to it. We're always pushing the boundaries. More things that you're supposed to be offended by. More things. Blackface, but not one. So you can turn your, if you're a dude, you can turn your face into a woman's face. But you can't paint your face black. <laughs> God, we live with, we live in with such morons. We live with the, the moron police. Why is that? If I start thinking, if I, you guys want to see Katrin's doppelganger? I can't stop showing oh, Yeah, this is good. <laughs> I, I showed think, it yesterday. I think because things are just, it's really convenient. It's really comfortable. And there's a lot, there's a, there's like a fire hose of information that's always coming at us, whether it's entertainment or whether it's news or whether it's propaganda and stuff. And so it's so, there's not enough space for people to really have like um, deep thought unless you create it and you have to create that space in today's world. And a lot of people just don't. So I just really think it dumbs down our ability to logically think something through. That's the excuse I'm given. Or we can They don't even know how to. They don't Ob even know how to. Obese uh, drug addicts addicted to porn. We could say Hey, when when I'm when I'm with um people who I I unfortunately hang out often not often. Occasionally I, I hang out with people just that they're subjects that are just you just are off off the table that just they they refuse to talk about. Interesting. Why do you think that is? It pushes up against their own like beliefs. I think they have. To I think two reasons: they're afraid I'm going to unfuck them, and two, <laughs> they don't have the emotional stability for some reason to handle these conversations. Yeah, I love. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yep. I, I know people. I've met people in my life. You can't say the word snake around them. I remember one time I was at this mission in like Honduras, in the middle of nowhere, and one of the girls there, um, you couldn't say the word snake. She would go into a fucking panic attack. Yeah. Well, that was, I, where was, I have no problem with that one word that my mom doesn't want me to say on the show. Here it is. This, I have no problem with, I don't have any, like, <laughs> I don't have any, I don't have any, like anything like, like that. I mean, yeah. I, 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 if someone vomits next to me, I'll get like, I've cleaned up vomit before and felt myself kind of like my body start like, thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> want to yeah, add yeah. to the pile. Yeah. yeah. But other than yeah. that, uh, I got a funny story about that. I, yeah, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was just gonna say, thinking speaking of that, is like I, I remember we were out taking these dogs for a walk, and back in the day, Grace used to house sit a lot of dogs, um, just because a lot of people traveled and stuff around us and trusted her. So we were walking these dogs, and every time we walked the dogs, I carried the poop bags, I'd pick up the poop, right? And uh one time the dog the dog went to the bathroom and I was like, Okay, I'll get it. And I was like, like always, or just made some just you know, tongue-in-cheek comment to Grace, and she goes, No, I'll do it. And I go, no, you don't. I got it. She goes, no, give me the bag. Cause she gets real stubborn when you tell her she can't do something. Right. So she, I don't let it. my wife pick up dog poop. She gets it. Either did I, <laughs> and I, I don't let my it never again after this. Will she do it? But she goes down to pick it up. Right. When she does, I go, eh. <laughs> so oh, just to fuck with her. <laughs> so I make the sound twice. And then she goes into this whole gagging episode and she can't stop herself from doing it, but she's oh, doing that's it. Amazing. Seriously. And that's like, amazing. And going back to what you were saying before, there's certain like things that especially smells 
and I use this term loosely here, that will like trigger certain things, right? So you get a smell that'll like trigger a certain memory or you'll have a certain reflex or reaction to something. And, and all I have to do is make that sound. And then she gets close to it. She smells it. And then it's like, it's taken over. Now she can't like stop it on her own. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm not fun to talk, hang out with. Cause like, like those are the topics that inter- interest me. Like, a, like just heavy, just, I don't even know if it's heavy, but I just, I'm, I'm not interested in just surface talk. I'm not interested in like, Oh, that's a beautiful bird. I'm interested in like that bird has the uh, is the only black billed bird that uh, lives in the Pacific Ocean and is able to fish out 12 fish a minute. Uh, and but it's also uh, been on the extinct ex- uh, endangered species list and come off of it. Like I'm not I'm not, yeah, I'm not interested in just I'm, I'm not interested in just superficial talk. I want to I just I want to know what I want to know, like like what faith means. Like I keep hearing that word faith every time mm-hmm. or, or anytime I hear fucking I just, and I start lumping these people up. Unfortunately, I start judging them as morons. Um, <laughs> if they like, don't go, go the word transparency, I keep hearing that. And I just want to just punch people in the face. Like you didn't even say anything. Mm-hmm. You didn't even say anything. You, every time you use words that are vagaries like that, you're pushing everyone around you into their head so that they can like spin up a whole little uh, narrative about it. Yeah, same big. But like, I want to lean over to the mom next to me in jujitsu class and be like, "So, what do you think about abortion?" And like, people, what the fuck? Or like, you could just say Trump in a cafe in Santa Cruz, and people oh. would lose, lose their shit. Oh, we we should do a whole bit of that and just put me in a MAGA hat, and I'll just like go into businesses in Santa <laughs> Cruz and see how long it takes for somebody to like enforce their opinion upon me. They will. Well, you know what's funny is occasionally I will see someone doing that in Santa Cruz. I always give them a thumbs up. <laughs> It's like it shouldn't like what do you like, hey brother <laughs> imagine being so oh yeah 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 you were gonna pull up the doppelganger pick no I'm not I I did it <laughs> I need to give it some breathing I will bring it up again though the catch and doppelganger is amazing <laughs> yeah I I enjoy talking to deep issues with you as well too because you're also open to other information I don't like talking about it when someone is so drug in on their opinion that like they're not they're not um, listening to what you're saying, but they're so more so just like forming their uh, opinion. You know what I mean? So it's like, they're yeah. not even receptive to the information as opposed to like, you'll go, I hear you, but have you considered X, Y, Z, or I don't disagree with that, but have you factored in this? And then that's like a, a nice back and forth discussion where both of us could kind of take something away from it. Yeah. So few people are willing to do that. So I saw yeah. this, this is old. Uh, Stephen Bartlett wrote this set clear boundaries and protect them. Sounds like something you've said. I don't know. That triggers me. Why? You do that with your kids. I do that with my kids, but not with other people. Right. You don't you don't lose real friends. I, 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 I've had my closest friends have done some of the worst shit to me. <laughs> real opportunities are real relationships when you start standing up for yourself and setting clear boundaries. You lose abusers, manipulators, narcissists, attention seekers, and mental health destroying leeches. I don't know, man. I, I see this. I see this kind of stuff. Bad people need good people. I'm not saying if your boyfriend beats you, you should stay with him. I'm not saying if your girlfriend no, not at all. Is, is, is fucks one of your friends every time she comes over, he, you have a friend <laughs> come over to the house, you stay with her. I'm not saying that. But but there's these people that you, I think I think we live with such weak people that they just use things like this to escape hardship. Mm. 
meaning like at work. Like if someone, if your boss is giving you trouble at work and, and like you don't like them, let go of whatever story you're telling yourself about that person. Remember, you're also holding them in a cage by having those thoughts about them. Yeah. And this uh, is perfect for the context of like people saying a bunch of stuff that now we all have different stories and we're spinning in our head about this because there's nothing very specific here. Right. You were like right. set, set right. clear boundaries and protect right. them. And then he gave a list of like, here's the boundaries that I protect. Well right. Like I don't answer my phone on Sundays, whatever the case may be with that individual. Then you could go into it and say, and here is the type of friends that like that, that didn't agree with this, that I ended up creating distance with. I hate these type of, there's just no substance to it. I, I've built a life for myself where it, it's just in this flow and I don't even have to worry about most shit like this. Yeah, it sorts and, itself out. And there's this saying that says if you don't talk to strangers, you don't talk to angels. And that for me, that's like one of the cornerstones of my life. Mm-hmm. I've thought about that since you've said it when you said most people that'll like be too much on their like high their like a uh, moral high ground to like ever sit there and talk will pass a you know somebody up on the street that doesn't necessarily that they're judging and it could right. be jesus right there and you just right. weren't open enough and present enough to be able to 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 recognize it because you were too busy in your you know high moral lane there how about, how about that dude that dude at scott's gym that touched him and put the holy ghost in him that's a crazy story and 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 like scott's I don't think Scott maybe gives himself enough credit, but you got to be open to that shit. Yeah. Haven't we, we've now talked to quite a few people that have like similar framework in terms of, I was like thinking about this. It kept like, it was in my mind a lot. Then I show up and then now somebody at the gym is like, here, I want you to to have this. Like, cause wasn't Ariel Lowen? Didn't she have something uh, real close to that too, where she was dropping it at a CrossFit gym and somebody came over and that said that. I think so. Yes. Yeah. It's like the uh, same um, framework. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I think we've had a couple more people on the show that have very, very similar things. And so my life, I, I'm in this loop where that shit can happen to me. And I don't um, – and I have enough space in my life where I don't need to walk, just walk by everyone that I'm afraid of. I, I, yeah. can, face, I can face my uh, fears. Has that, I haven't fought, been in a fist fight in uh, – I think the last fist fight I was in was my sophomore year. And I got fucking high school jumped. college. I got jumped and knocked the fuck out. Oh, but yeah, I have been in. A, I was in a fight. I was in a couple of fights in college. Actually, that's not. That's I forgot about that. I've been in a handful of fights in college too. Yeah. Nothing real. Nothing really good. Nothing. <laughs> I think I've only started. Like I think I've only thrown the first punch and maybe like two. I can only think of two two fights. One was in the seventh or eighth grade. Bigger kid. I just kick. I just opened with a kick. <laughs> it was awesome. Sorry, I didn't mean to a lot. And mic. then another time in high school, I can remember <laughs> taking a swing at a guy and missing, and he put me in a headlock and started just punching me in the face. I had that same thing happen to me once too. I wound swung up and, and like, missed. What a this douche. is it? I'm taking you out. It just <laughs> it just got pummeled. Luckily for me, it was inside of a classroom, so I was saved very quickly. And then, of course, once I was like saved, I was just like puff chest. Yeah, let me back at him. And really, oh yeah, that me too. My friend stopped this guy, and then I was, and then I started talking shit. It was so stupid. I had no business taking a swing at this guy. It was complete idiocy. Yeah, yeah. I was never a a fan of like the uh, peer pressured like fights. Like someone would call you out after school. Like I would have like secondhand like you don't really want to do that, do you? I could tell you're super nervous. And then the other kid would kind of like be into it for whatever reason. I always hated that. 
Unless they wanted to fight. The after-school fight. Like an MMA match where both people agreed to it, then I was like all about it. All right, I'm done. Yeah, we got a call in four minutes. Oh. Oh, that's what the guy who's the expert on... Uh, uh, is Hiller on this call? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He's going to call you, though, because he only had your phone number, so he'll call you at 9. That guy calls me. Okay, okay. Let's go. Okay, guys, thank you very much. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Bye. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Jay Hart, Ohio Spiegel, Jiggy Josh, Kenneth DeLapp. Look at Spiegel already booting us off. DJ Reed, (laughs) Vindicate. Uh, See you guys. Uh, Oh, new Vindicate uh, gear is coming out. It's our Miami Miami gear for that one event. Miami Vice gear. Miami Vice gear. For that event, (laughs) that's awesome event that's going on in Miami. I am looking for a sponsor so we can send some people there to try to uh, cover that event. Uh, So far, not so good. Okay, bye.